Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Welcome again, ladies and gentlemen, to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. This is episode 64, and it's titled, What Are You Going to Do Differently This Season? Thanks for joining me this week, and you've probably guessed by now, but I am Paul Stone reporting from the eastern part of the state of Texas. It is slightly after 7.15 uh, p.m. Central on Thursday, August 11th. Uh, this week's podcast title pretty much speaks for itself, in my opinion. Uh, we are obviously about to embark on another college football season. Uh, we actually have real games uh, two weeks and two days from today, uh, about 10 or so games, uh, one of the most notable of those being a Big Ten conference game between Nebraska and Northwestern in all places, Dublin, Ireland. So for many of you, the beginning of college football season means betting on the team's outcomes. And I've personally found that once the season starts, it's really too late to make a plan, to do a personal inventory. The season, in my mind, is almost like a merry-go-round. Is spinning around at about 80 miles per hour. And once it starts, you just hold on for dear life and the ride ends five months later in early February. So it's best in my mind to devise your 2022 plan today to define your goals, identify personal challenges, potential challenges, and how you intend to address or avoid them when and if they arise. I like to mentally, whether I'm talking about handicapping or playing golf or whatever the case might be, I like to mentally go over all the possibilities and determine my answer, response, or approach should I ultimately come face-to-face -face with any potential scenario. So ask yourself, as we get close to the start of the 2022 season, what have been my pitfalls in the past betting sports? What is my plan? What are my goals? And indeed, what am I going to do differently this season? And that's in my quest to become, of course, a long-term winning sports handicapper. Whatever goal structure you have, whether you have one goal, uh, multi-level goals, two or three goals, certainly as part of those goals are specifically spoken or stated or written, you should want to become or remain a long-term winning sports handicapper. First of all, one of the things I think it's critical to do is we kind of do this inventory and kind of pledge to do things differently if you're not already doing this. I think it's critical to accurately 
define and identify your bankroll for the season? How much is it? You know, where's it coming from? You know, ideally uh, and really critically, it shouldn't come from your general fund. You know, the monies that you use to pay rent, uh, utilities, health insurance, food, gasoline, all those types of things. It should come from, in a perfect world, a discretionary type or a, a special fund, a savings account, whatever. But I fully understand that people are going to do what they're going to do. But I would be remiss if I didn't at least make that recommendation. I want to at least present what I believe are best practices. Next, I think it's very important and very critical, and we have to be honest with ourselves in this assessment, but to identify your weaknesses as a better. What are your weaknesses as a better? And then pledge to mitigate or eliminate them. Is there a certain type of bet that has got to your pocketbook year after year through the years? Avoid it. Is there a certain sport or a team that's got the best of you? Are you a sucker for betting a game regardless of whether you have a strong opinion? You know, maybe it's on television or something like that. I know a lot of guys like to bet on TV games. They like to have action on games they watch. I'm not wired that way. You know, I don't like to bet. I like to win. Do you bet a game because the guy at the next urinal proclaimed maybe boldly and loudly, it can't lose? Why would you do that? Does your approach to betting change depending on your mood and general outlook? You know, if so, pull back. You know, wait until you're centered and your mind's right. Do you ever punch in a lot of bets, maybe for higher stakes than usual, late at night after a few too many spirits? You've probably heard that commercial, buzz driving is drunk driving. Well, to paraphrase, buzz betting is bad betting. It's a bad idea. You know, sure, you're going to win a few. But everything, again, that I do is designed to be a long-term winning sports better. To achieve that goal, I want to be at my sharpest all the time, at my best, mentally and physically. You know, during football season... Um, largely due to the long hours, the lack of available time. There's only 168 hours in a week. And just the overall grind of handicapping. Do you let your exercise regimen and your dietary habits uh, go by the wayside? I think it's important if you do, and I'm guilty of this for certain, but make some time to jog, uh, to lift weights, to bicycle, to do yoga, to participate in whatever your physical activity at least three times a week. And as well as you can, you know, stay on your diet. You know, if you typically eat a reasonably healthy, clean diet, stay with that diet. Don't get all, you know, off course and totally off kilter because of the intensity and the pace uh, of the activity that we participate in. I think we can all hear this one and we can all apply it to our lives, but get adequate sleep. You know, many of us watch a lot of games uh, during the season. We additionally spend a significant amount of time, um, you know, just entrenched in the handicapping process. But I think to be at your best, a person needs a certain amount of sleep. 
for some of us, you know, that might be the standard eight hours. You know, others might feel fine with seven hours a night. Um, some might need nine hours to feel, you know, locked and loaded and ready to go and ready to face the day. But whatever's right for you, get your sleep. You know, we all know what it feels like to feel sluggish, you know, virtually every minute of a day. I think it's better to tackle 16 waking hours with 100% of our facilities than to be up for 19 hours but only be operating at about 70% efficiency. Your mind needs to be sharp. You need to be rested and at your best to be the best handicapper you can be. Do you tend to procrastinate sometimes and perhaps start your handicapping process too late in the week, you know, causing you maybe to cram at the end, force bets, and typically get the worst of a number? You know, if that sounds like you, vow to start earlier. Vow to start the process earlier. Create a betting calendar, you know, a checklist if you must, for your weekly process. Make it as specific as necessary for your personal taste and history, you know, from starting your process, you know, all the way to inspecting each week's portfolio at the end of the week to know exactly, you know, who you have, how much you have and what you need. I think uh, at some point in our betting careers, uh, perhaps even a time or two each season, we find ourselves sometimes with more action than we want on a particular side or total. If there's some, you know, probability or possibility of a middle, uh, even a slight one, you know, perhaps we play uh, the other side for some or even all of our original position, uh, depending on the uh, the opportunity that's available to us. Or you might just choose to hold on to your ticket or tickets, uh, especially if you figure uh, to have closing line value. And that would even be more so if you have the best number or very close to the best number that was ever available during the betting cycle. Bottom line, though, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, know what you have, know what you've got in your pocket. Don't be blindsided after the fact that you lost twice as much on a position than you thought you lost. So inventory your bets, very important. Injuries. You know, from my point of view, the impact of injuries can certainly at times be overstated by some sports bettors. But I think that's more the case in the NFL, where the talent levels from one professional athlete to the next can be fairly negligible. In colleges, though, injuries can make more of an impact, especially at the critical quarterback position, or in the case also of the supremely talented performer, regardless of position, whose production, quite simply, will not be replaced uh, by his replacement. Just looking, you know, again, this is Thursday, uh, August 11th, and just looking at about the last 48 hours in the college football arena, we've learned that Wake Forest longtime veteran quarterback Sam Hartman had surgery a couple of days ago earlier this week due to an undisclosed non-football injury, and he's going to be out, according to his coach, for an extended period of time. Uh, he is expected, though, to return at some point this season, according to head coach Dave Clawson. Over at Alabama, one of their wide receivers, JoJo Earl, being heavily counted on to fill some of the Tide's current voids at wide receiver, Earl going to miss 
likely six to eight weeks due to a Jones fracture in his foot. That means he's most likely going to miss Alabama's much-anticipated Week 2 game at Texas. And then also Florida, which was already thin at receiver to begin with, they've lost Arizona State transfer Ricky Pearsall also to a foot injury. Pearsall actually led Arizona State last year with 48 catches for 580 yards and four touchdowns. And he also was a threat in the running game for the Sun Devils, so kind of a dual-threat guy. He was certainly a strong candidate and a likely starter at one of the receiver positions for Florida, and he has been characterized as being out indefinitely. So have you done a solid job historically of recording or keeping up with key injuries? If tracking injuries to this point hasn't been a substantial part of your college football handicapping process, then I believe now is a good time to start. So these are just a few items to check on, you know, in your own uh, individual case, you might check on something different. You know, you might say, hey, those really aren't things that apply to me, but I know these things are things that I need to pay attention to, that I need to become better at, that I need to eliminate, that I need to tweak, that I need to examine, whatever the case might, you know, be, take that inventory and determine what are you going to do differently this season? And again, be honest uh, in that self-examination. Uh, deep down, again, you know, there are some things you need to get rid of, other things you need to add, and still others, again, that need to be tweaked or uh, refined or what have you. And again, you know, I think it's important to determine your approach today. Think about it now. Adopt a plan now, because again, once the season starts, man, it is a whirlwind. It goes so very quickly and doing, you know, once you get started with the season, you're a week or two in doing something new or different. It can even be more daunting, you know, especially if you're already down uh, in playing defense, you know, one or two weeks into the season or what have you. So go ahead and take uh, care of it now. One thing that I forgot to, uh, to mention that I think can be uh, an issue too, that some of us need to examine, especially with the early season about to be upon us. Do you lose or have you ever lost a significant portion of your bankroll early in the year due to overbetting? And then eventually you find yourself underfunded when the games start coming your way. You know, let's go crazy. That was a good song by Prince. But it's not a good approach to early season college football betting. Manage and allot your bankroll in some fashion. You know, don't come out of the gate like a madman, you know, simply because you're overly excited for the season. And by gosh, I can't lose, you know, I'm a bad man and this and that, you know, ain't happening to me. You know, some people just have this air of invincibility that has nothing to do with the, air, with the uh, handicap of the game, rather has nothing to do with statistical analysis, probability, mathematics, the things that matter. They just think they can't lose and they're smart and they're smarter than this guy and that guy and the, and the house and whomever. That's no way to win and become a long-term successful handicapper. So don't overbet early because you're excited and because that oblong spheroid is in the air again and you just can't wait and you're yelling and screaming and you want to bet more than you really need to. 
I'm going to go to a little item that I heard on a satellite radio program earlier this morning. And I heard two guys doing a uh, morning college football themed show on satellite radio uh, talking about NFL preseason football. And I think they were talking about the games to be played tonight. And one of the guys said, you know, he might watch the starters play, you know, maybe just a quarter or a series or two or whatever that period of time might be. But then he added that he won't be betting on it. To which the other guy responds, you know, something to the effect, you know, oh, that goes without saying. And then the other guy proceeds to preach to the audience, essentially, to never bet NFL preseason football. By gosh, you know, who would do that? That's crazy. It's preseason. You know, folks, maybe you've been to New York City, Salt Lake City. Maybe you've even visited our neighbors up north in beautiful Quebec City. But gosh, if you were listening to that stuff this morning, as I was, you got treated to Square City. I know they're, you know, talking heads sometimes. They just simply repeat the company line. They don't really have any knowledge uh, about the subject to which they speak in some cases. But there are guys, there are betters who specialize in and regularly beat NFL preseason football. It is certainly an information-based handicap, but the information is readily uh, and easily available to those with the proper resources and media contacts and things like that. Personally, I'm not a big, you know, NFL guy, but I am a sports better. I am plugged into numerous other sports betters, many of whom bet the NFL and many of whom specialize or at least heavily concentrate on NFL preseason. They are very sophisticated in some cases in their techniques and knowledge. And I can honestly say that some guys I know would vehemently passionately argue that NFL preseason football is easier to beat than NFL regular season football. And from where I sit, and again, I don't spend a lot of time handicapping and studying the NFL, but I absolutely view NFL preseason as an easier quote-unquote sport to beat as a better than the NFL regular season. You know, in fact, for many betters, not all, because some guys do beat it. Some guys do beat the regular season. But I believe NFL regular season football, man, that is, quote, unquote, the most difficult sport to consistently win money. And again, NFL regular season, it's in the wheelhouse of some betters. That's what they do best at. But I think the percentage of those guys is smaller than in any other sport. You're talking about NFL regular season. There's a limited number of teams. Everybody knows the teams. The lines are extremely tight. Injury and other key information is widely available. You know, we could go on and on with this type of information, these types of tidbits. But back kind of to my original point, you know, this guy's saying, man, oh, yeah, you'd never bet NFL. What kind of degenerate would bet the preseason NFL football? You know, unfortunately, that sounds good or right to the non-betting public Uh, or maybe even members of the betting public, uh, you know, who just aren't quite savvy enough at this point in their career 
to understand the possibilities. But it's absolutely ludicrous. And I'm, I'm not saying they did anything wrong or anything. They truly believe that. But it's ludicrous to issue a blank denouncement and warning of betting NFL preseason football like that's something that only the sickos would do because there's opportunity there. But this is what happens. Again, I like these guys, but this is what happens when persons with a, a microphone and an audience and a platform who lack a betting background or have yet to develop maybe a true acumen for the craft, this is what happens when they're talking sports betting. You know, a former athlete in many cases certainly qualified to speak about technique, coverages, locker room dynamics, and those types of things. But that doesn't necessarily make him qualified to talk sports from a betting perspective. In most cases, when they start talking betting, be better just to cover your ears. I'm going to give a quick plug for my service. And then we're going to be off uh, until next week. But my service, Paul Stone Sports, over the last seven years, I'm extremely proud to say that I have hit a monitored 56% against the spread as monitored by the sports monitor of Oklahoma City, the most reputable and only really truly reputable uh, monitor that I'm aware of in the industry, 56%. Over the last seven years, I'm currently marketing my full season college football package, only $499 from week zero all the way through the national championship game in mid-January. If interested in my package, please go to paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. I've already released uh, four games total in week zero and week one. And I'll also give you some bonus regular season win totals that I have distributed to my clients. So again, if interested, go to paulstonesports.org. It's been a pleasure uh, visiting with you again, being with you again. Hopefully I'm always uh, wishing and hoping that the information and content that I deliver, even if it's not but a nugget or two, serves some purpose, puts another tool in your handicapping toolbox, so to speak. Reminds you of something that you need to be concentrating on or you need to be focusing on or perhaps introduces you to something maybe that you haven't thought of. But in any case, I hope it's been productive. Stay safe. College football getting closer and closer, 16 days away as I speak. Take care. Until next time, signing off once again. I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.